What's good, football fans? Welcome back to the Fourth and a Mile podcast alongside my good friends, Brady Bradley and Jeremy. My name is Josh. We appreciate you all tuning in. We are two and a half weeks out from the draft, boys. It is almost here. It is almost here. It's getting exciting. We're doing something different today. If you were with us for our first podcast, we did a segment called Hail Mary, where we predict where each of these guys are going to go in the top top 20 of somebody's big board. So I won't reveal whose big board we're going uh, going over. Um, but we're doing that again today for this year. So that's going to be exciting. We have some NFL notables. We have a change in the first round. So if you did a mock, change it up because there was a massive first round um, shakeup where the New Orleans Saints got pick 16, pick 19, and a six-round pick this year. Um, and then they traded it with the Philadelphia Eagles and got the Eagles got pick 18, a third rounder, a seventh rounder this year. Oh, yeah, and they also got a 2023 first and a 2024 second. So let's start there. Is this a, a, a scenario where it's a win-win, or is there a clear winner in this trade? For me, I like Philadelphia. Um, getting So having three first-round picks – um, in one year is nice, but I think being able to get some value and having an opportunity to say, okay, well, we don't need three first round picks this year. Maybe we can get another one next year and some additional value in 24 as well. Uh, so I like Philadelphia and especially if Jalen Hurts doesn't work out this year, next year is a better quarterback quarterback class and having two first round picks kind of gives you some ammo to move wherever you want. Yeah, I agree with Josh. I would also be on Philadelphia side if I was just kind of analyzing this trade. I like the idea of kicking the can down the road and just kind of giving another year of Jalen Hurts. You certainly don't need three first-round picks this year um, in a class that most of the industry thinks is a, a lower-level draft class at this point. I guess I'm a little interested on what New Orleans is doing at this point. You would think that they're going to package 16 and 19 to move up for a premier position, uh, whether that's offensive tackle to replace Teron Armstead, whether they are not confident in Jameis Winston and they want to go get another quarterback. Um, there's just some some holes that they need to fill on their defense and, and their team in general, I should say. Um, so it's just going to be interesting to see if they just stay put right at 16 and 19 or if they package it up and move. Jeremy, how high do you think they could move up if they traded pick 16 and 19 in this year's draft? How how far up in the first round could they get to? If they add nothing else to 16 and 19? Just those two. Interesting. I think five. I think they I was can gonna, get to five. The number that came to head yeah. my mind was six. So for, for me, it was seven. I, all, I think five only because of the team. Because I think exactly. like, the Giants, like I think being able to, if they traded five and they then they had seven, uh, 16 and 19, like for that team, I think they that need, would be great. Yeah, they need a lot. So the, I think that would help. Joe Shane would look really smart getting three first rounders this year. I, I think so too. I'm, I'm on the Philly side as well. Um, I having starting with the three first rounders, still having two now this year and now two next year, I think they're just evening out their draft capital and allowing a quarterback who you might not fully believe in yet, but to get another year, they still can get pieces around him. Plus like this was a playoff team this year. So like you still have two first round picks. And if you decide now you've made your team really good. And if you've decided that, Hey, Jalen Hurts isn't the guy. Okay. Now go get the quarterback. So like they're, I think they're putting the foundation around whoever ends up being QB one, the saints, if they don't take a quarterback or they don't package up to take a quarterback, I don't really know what they're doing because to me, I don't think they're in win now mode with the roster that they have, the holes that they have exactly. and their cap situation, but right. I, I, I don't know. It doesn't really, it's kind of peculiar. 
And so, like, just adding to Becker, like, I don't think the Saints are going to be a good team next year. So that's going to be like a top half first round pick. Like, that's that's going to be pretty valuable. So I, I don't. I think they're a playoff a, team this year. You think they are? I think they are in the NFC. Okay. I don't. Um, I don't necessarily think it's out of the league. question. Yeah, I don't think it's out of the question. And they they bring back their offensive coordinator with Sean Payton. That was with Sean Payton, and then the similar coaching staff. You would think that Jameis Winston's going to take a step forward or hopefully build off of what he did last year before he got hurt. And, I mean, you just got to hope for the best with the Alvin Kamara situation and just kind of go from there. I, I agree. I, I think they could be a playoff team. I mean, what, they went 7-10 and 10 last year with, I mean, what they had at quarterback. Trevor so Simeon was their quarterback. Yeah, the, but the hard part is, is I feel like they're – right now their ceiling is what the Eagles were last year, like squeak into the playoffs and then yeah. lose around one. So I just – I don't know. It feels it feels kind of a weird situation. They're trying to get the most out of what they currently have without really changing their roster too much. But I mean, it's still two first round picks if they stay there, you know, and if they hit on both of those, then we're having a different conversation. And I don't love their roster by any means, but I know their defense is really good. It also helps get to play Carolina and Atlanta twice the next year, four that's times very, total. That's very, very true. Next year. So the South is just not great. And the, the, NF, the NFC is not great in general so as far as comparing it to the afc deep so that, yeah, not as deep yeah agreed so the other nfl notable and i don't i guess you can determine if it's notable or not um but the hype season for desmond Ritter is kind of steaming up i in my opinion um i've heard people say he's a lock for round one i feel like this pod somebody on this pod is a little bit higher on desmond Ritter than others Maybe speaking, you know, bringing up the question right now, maybe <laughs> that person. <laughs> You're right. Um, so I guess how high, the, the question that I would have for you is how high can Desmond Ritter go? Do you guys think he's a first round quarterback? He gets drafted, not from your valuation. Yes, I think he is a first rounder. I think the earliest he would go would be six to the Carolina Panthers. And one thing that's interesting with, with Desmond Ritter for me is that it's kind of peculiar, peculiar, easy enough for me to say um, <laughs> that he had such a good season with Cincinnati um, a historic season for Cincinnati. And now his hype train is going right now. You would think that it would have been in the season that he'd be like, all right, this is the first quarterback when really it was, it was Kenny Pickett when the season got done, everybody's talking about Kenny Pickett and then Malik Willis stormed down to the, the scene. I, I honestly think it is because of what I brought up multiple times and just how the season ended. Yeah, you you keep talking about Bama, <laughs> that game. Yep. No, I just think like that. I think that's part of the reason why Agreed. maybe it, it tapered off, just because it I didn't agree. it didn't live up to the I think what you expected, and then at that point people started looking for other options, and then it's like oh you go back to the tape and it's like okay he actually is pretty good. <laughs> what do you think goes first, Pickett or Ritter? Pickett. I think, so I think Ritter goes. goes six. Oh, is that a um, mile bet? I'm done no. with that. Pick it at six. I, I've also <laughs> bananas. We keep talking about. I've moved into that boat. Pick it, pick at, it six. at six. Yeah. I don't you agree don't with it. You don't, you don't, you don't sound happy about it. I don't. Cause I don't think it's the right move, but it feels like it's lining up that way for some. I think it's, I think it's pick it at six. Even if Malik Willis is there with the win now, they're like his win now mode in terms of trying to keep his job. Plus the fact that, he knows him really well. He recruited him really heavily. He was going to be going to Temple before he got the Baylor job. So, I don't know. Desmond Ritter to Pittsburgh sounds perfect to me at pick 12. Okay. <laughs> you mean 20? 
No, no. Josh, he was trading the Vikings oh. out of 12. Oh, okay. Yikes. I am right over, right over my head. Okay. Let's move on. Before we get into our Hail Mary, um, let's do a couple scenarios. So uh, the Christmas morning scenario for our team, so the Vikings and the Packers, this is the best scenario for their first round pick or picks in Jeremy's case. Um, and then we're going to do a doomsday um, scenario for your team, which is probably the worst case scenario for your team. So let's start with the Christmas morning theme. What is a Christmas morning scenario for the Minnesota Vikings? Josh, I'll start with you. So I, so this is the equivalent of 10 year old Josh opening up the presidents of PS2. Like it is big time. And I think it's Sauce Gardner somehow falling to 12. I don't know how exactly that, works out now because i think he's even likely getting like top eight top seven steam right now um so if that is too far gone then i'd say Derek stingley jr um would be uh the fallback to that which i think is a little bit more likely but not much so did anyone just hear two there i did i told uh, i pulled a brady i did yeah okay just wanted to make sure that that, yep. was- that, that can confirm i did hear too i also had sauce gardner um, but I'm going to switch it up just so we have a, a different different scenario. And for me, it'd be uh, Kayvon Thibodeau making it to the mm-hmm. Minnesota Vikings, falling down there. I think that would be an incredible fit with our 3-4 scheme that we're tra- transitioning to. And just his his build as a player would, would fit very well with what we're trying to do in Minnesota. Do you think he'd be standing up, or do you think he'd be like a defensive end that, on the three? Oh, he'd be stand-up. Stand-up. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, so mine, before we move to the Packers, mine would be trading back um, out of pick 12. So um, I talked about the Steelers at pick 20. I just find, I think finding a scenario where they get into the twenties is still creating value for this year, but then getting a 23 one on top of it, just, it just solidifies what quasi has been saying this whole time where it's a competitive rebuild. You're still making an impact player drafting a corner like Kair Elam in, in the middle twenties. Um, but then you're also planning for the future too, with two first round picks in 23 would, would help um, solidify that. In your opinion, so we're at 12 now, and we being the Vikings, how far, what's the minimum we'd have to move down in order to have a first-round pick next year be in play, do you think? 20? I think Pittsburgh would throw in a 23-1 to move up to 12. I don't think that's that's ridiculous. Jeremy, let's move to the Packers, unfortunately. I I think it would be – it. obviously, I would love some sort of trade but I'm not going to, I'm just going to think if they stay at 22 and 28, um, it would be Jameson Williams and then probably like a Zion Johnson. I think you, you get wide receiver help uh, immediately. Well, not immediately. Cause obviously not going to play week one, but you get a potential wide receiver one, and then you get very versatile help along the offensive line. They draft think- Jameson Williams. They have to draft a receiver in round two, right? Yeah. That's kind of what I was getting at. Of having, I think they're going to go early, middle, and late. Okay, I I like obviously Jamison Williams is my number one. I see more of a a Drake London, Chris Olave fit for Green Bay. Not saying, but not 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 both of them. I'm saying one of those two guys because I take both. (laughs) I'm starting to get on the hype train that I think it's going to be Pickens in the first round. I I believe that they're going to do the approach that they don't care what other people think. And they're just going to draft their guy at, I think is probably going to end up being 28 and they just take pickings and everyone's going to think, well, why would you, that's not a reach in my opinion. I, I don't, no, think I, I don't think so either, but I think to the community, when you look around, like nobody's not a lot of people are, 
are mocking Pickens in the first round right now. They might as it gets closer, but I mean, he's going to be one of the first seven picks in day two if he's not a first round pick. And in my opinion, tape does not lie on him. And if you get what you were getting like before the injury, I mean, you've talked about it before, Brady. Like, this is a dude that could have been in the top three of these this wide receiver class. If maybe not even one, like maybe one. He's a good run blocker too. He, he he played receiver at Georgia, so you have to be able to block as a wide receiver if you play. And that. he's he's a really good, he would be he's like a per, if you think of scheme talking about alluding to what Brady just touched on, like if you think of scheme, he fits perfectly. Plus his uh, draft mold or his his measurables, all that fits exactly what the Packers normally draft. So I'm starting to get on board with it. Alan Lazard 2.0. Okay. Um, doomsday for, no, I'm just kidding. Doomsday for your team. So let's start with you, Jeremy, this time. What's the worst first round scenario for those two picks? Not drafting a wide receiver. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. Which is, which is a possibility right now. I've seen mocks where they come away with edge. and There's no way. It is a possibility. And I, and do I think like that can't be a scenario that works out? I, I think there, there's a scenario where they don't draft a wide receiver and they get like either they trade up or they falls and you get like Christian Watson or something in round two, if that happens. Um, like that would be fine and I could live with that. But I think Christian Watson's going to go higher than that anyways. Plus it would just be so anticlimactic. <laughs> and I'd have to live through another, another draft season of them not taking one in the first round. <laughs> Becker, what would be bigger of a doomsday scenario for you? Not drafting a receiver in round one or double dipping? Because I know receiver, they don't have almost no depth at receivers. So what would be worse, you think? You're saying not like if they don't double dip? What, what is worse, drafting two receivers in the first round or not drafting any, in your opinion? Oh, not I would drafting any. Yeah, I agree. I'd for sure take two. Yep. I like that. I think, there's, I think there's pretty good depth at the other positions of need for them that they could get in round two with their two second rounders. So like Dotson and Olave, you would be okay with that? Sign me up. I mean, I'd probably rather take <laughs> like, I'd probably rather take like Olave and Bert, like some differentiation skill sets, yeah. but um, I mean, I'd be fine with that. <laughs> Bradley, start us off with the Vikings. What's a doomsday scenario for the Vikings? So for me, worst case scenario is all four edge rushers, meaning Hutchinson, Trayvon Walker, KT, and Jermaine Johnson are gone. Both the top corners, Sauce and DSJ, and then Kyle Hamilton are gone, and we're sitting at 12, and we can't mm-hmm. trade out of it. So we have to pick a Trent McDuffie or an interior offensive lineman. I, that that would be doomsday scenario for me. Um, I Do I think that's going to happen? That's that's quite a bit of a stretch, right? Like that's saying yeah. that. It's oh, pretty that likely that, one of those will get there. Right. So yeah. I think I would say that, that would be my doomsday scenario. I'm okay taking Kyle Hamilton at 12. I mean, oh, yeah. there's some people that aren't aren't crazy about it, but I'm completely okay with that. Just the, the skill set that he has. So for me, both corners, Kyle Hamilton, and then all four edge rushers. What about you, Josh? I had earlier on in the process, I saw this guy getting mocked to us at 12 pretty regularly, and it's Tyler Linderbaum, uh, interior offensive line out of Iowa. I just think stylistically, and I think we brought this up on the pod before, just really similar to Garrett Bradbury, and that's how kind of a lighter dude who can get to the edge and a lot of zone run scheme and just can't really anchor as well, kind of a light guy. And so I just think I'm a little burned by that, and I know I'm kind of like that's, you know, they're – 
completely different players like they're different people but i just i'm a little burned from that in the past so that's kind of what i where i'm at three for three i said doomsdays if we draft interior offense line i'm gonna be irate now if it's if it's at pick 20 or whatever if we trade back to get an interior offense line like if we take if we take zion johnson at 20 after trading back and getting a 23 one or i'm just i keep saying that but trading back somewhere and getting zion johnson okay he plugs right into your right guard but you just sign three guys to compete for that position i said let them play it out I, i think you have a dire need at corner and i think you can still address the edge position and also interior defensive line so um i think drafting interior offensive line for once i don't see it as like a massive need so um that would be my doomsday scenario for the vikings Let's, let's, let's get move. on with the Hail Mary. Yes, let's do it. Let's do um, Hail Mary. So what we're doing, like I said at, at the top of the show, um, we have the top 20 prospects from one of the best in the business, um, Dane Brugler, Brugler from The Athletic. Um, we did his, we pulled his top 20 players in um, this year's draft. What we're doing is we are, make, we are calling our shot. We're throwing the Hail Mary out um, for where these guys land, what pick, what team. Um, and then we'll go from there. So let's start. His number one player was Aiden Hutchinson. Bradley, I'll start with you. Where's your, I don't think we're going to spend too much time on this one, but where is he going? I don't think we need to. Um, Jacksonville Jaguars at pick number one. And we haven't really talked about Aiden a lot just because it's it's kind of the, the Joe Burrow treatment from a couple of years ago. Like he was kind of a, almost a lock to be the first round pick. And, and everybody's talking more about her first overall pick. And so people weren't talking about him enough. He's super gifted and it's going to be a really good player for the Jacksonville Jaguars if that's who they select, but that's my prediction. Are we a clean sweep there? Has everybody got Jacksonville at 101? Indeed. Yes. Yeah. Okay, let's move on because I think this is where it gets a little interesting. Dane Brugler's number two player is Icky Aquanu. Where is Icky going? Josh, I'll start with you. I had Icky going to the Texans at three. Where did everyone else have him? I, I had him going Jets at four. That's what I, I have him going to a different New York team at five. Giants at five. Really? What, what did you have, Brady? I, I had the Jets at four, too. I, I think it's a perfect fit. At um, Mackay Becton's had that injury history. Um, it just sounds like they're not sold on him either. Um, and if guess what? If him and George Fant, I believe, is the right tackle, George Fant mm-hmm. is, Slide him in and play guard right away. That's it. That's exactly why I put the Jets because I don't think Evan Neal has that flexibility to play guard where I think uh, Icom does. So I, I think that would be a really, really good selection for them. It gives them a little bit of flexibility if for some reason their first round pick from a couple of years ago, Becton, kind of turns out to be something good. I think that's the landing spot that makes probably the most sense. But again, this is, is predictions. We're we're not going to allow that slander on Evan Neal. We're talking about Ikki Aquanu. <laughs> what, what did I say that was slander? You say he can't play guard. You'll want to play guard. That's he fine. Looks like a, he looks like a wide receiver play off at the tackle. <laughs> I, I honestly didn't mean for it to be slander on Evan Neal, but since you mentioned him, let's talk about Dane Brugler's third player. <laughs> Evan Neal. I wanted to do a transition, transition there, Bradley. Very my professional. name out your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> didn't do it let's talk about good. evan neal good good for you where do you guys have evan neal going so i just flip-flopped i had evan neal going to the jets at four 
I had him going to the Giants at five. You guys aren't going to like mine. How far down is it? Nine to the Seahawks. Really? The Seahawks are sprinting to the podium. So I I thought I was low on him. I I have him going seven to the Giants. I think that'd be wild if he got all the way to Nine would Seattle. be crazy. I I could see the world though. Honestly, I could. It, yeah, for sure. Especially with how well DSJ tested at his combine. Um, sauce got some edge rushers. Corners edge. Well, and we were talking about this before we get on the podcast today. It's like this whole the quarterback thing is really getting in my head because I yeah. just you know we we talk about it all off season how this is a, a a weaker class and yada 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 and blah 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 not so on and so on and. I just like can't see a scenario at a position that is that important where like you don't have some movement in the top 10 or like people yeah. nabbing quarterbacks. Like for so long, it was mock draft after mock draft with no quarterback in the top 10. I just like can't envision the closer we get, I just can't see that happening. Agreed. I agree. So let's let's move to Dane's number four player, which is Trayvon Walker, um, edge out of Georgia. Where do you guys have Trayvon going? I'm going eight to Atlanta. I would I, I would be surprised if he made it to eight. I have I'm going two. Th- you have it two. two. Two to the Lions. I went three to the Texans. I am at three to the Texans as well. Oh, that would be wild. He's got so much buzz. I would be so surprised if he made it out of the top five. I that's exactly what I have in my notes at this point. The steam is is hot, and he reminds me of Rashawn Gary a lot in terms yeah. of coming out of college and not having the like fancy you know stat production in terms of sacks and everything. And I just the, every the bot like what you're projecting is there, and I think that that's what's going to push him into the top five. And this is no slander on Rashawn Gary, but I would never take Rashawn Gary at three. No, he's not that good. So surprised when he got taken at twelve. Right. Um, let's move to – did everybody give their player or their yep. pick? Okay. Yes. Um, Dane's a little bit low on Sauce Gardner, boys. <laughs> He's a He's little bit five. low on five. Top five player in the draft class. <laughs> where's, where's the best player in this draft going? Brady, Brady's not going to like this, but I have Sauce Gardner, Sauce Gardner going to the Seattle Seahawks at nine. I do as well. The New York Jets. At where? Four. I have him going to the Giants at five. I could see that as well. Becker's higher on him than you. Your thoughts? It's not true. I just I think the I think the Jets are going a different way. I think they want edge and offensive line. But I agree. You can make a case. <laughs> Obviously, he's my number one player, so you can make a case for Jacksonville taking him. In my opinion, I we haven't know. gotten we haven't gotten to the player yet. But in my scenario, I have three edges at the, as the first three overall picks. So. Wow. Right. Spicy, that'd be very that's spicy. A go- that's a great transition into our break. Come back to find out where Jeremy has his last edge. We're going to take a quick break. Hi, guys. This is Jeremy Becker from the 4th and a Mile podcast. Just wanted to thank you guys for tuning in and remind you to follow us on Twitter at 4th and a Mile Pod. That's 4th and a Mile Pod. Thanks, guys. And now back to the sports. Welcome back into the fourth and mile podcast. We're getting right back into our Hail Mary section. We are on Dane Brugler's sixth prospect, which you could probably say has probably slipped a little bit 
in the terms of Kyle Hamilton, safety from Notre Dame. Where do you guys have Kyle Hamilton going? First of all, like slipping and having him be like six in his rankings just says a lot about where he was. I feel like uh, he was like a consensus top two player. Oh, yeah. Like, no, I, I, I'm absolutely with that. But I have him going to seven for the Giants. I think this player is probably one of the most difficult to yep. essentially predict a landing spot for because it's it's not a premier position, or at least according to people, it's not a premier position. I guess I'm not in that boat. I think that you need really good safeties to have a really good defense. So for me, I have them going to the commanders at 11. I think it'd be a really good fit for their defense that needs somebody in the back end to help out. Yeah, it feels odd because coming out of the season, he was ranked really high, you know, top three prospect, and that's based off of the tape. And now after all the measurables and everything, now he seems to have fallen to six, seven, eight. So, and, you know, we've talked about that before. It's hard. How much do you weigh that stuff? But I have him going to seven um, to the Giants. It's a good football player. Most versatile player in the class. I'm still in on Houston at three with Kyle Hamilton. I still think they can take him there. So I, I have him at pick three with Houston. I, I don't hate I like it. I think it's good value. Too. I, I would agree with that. I, I, I would agree. I know I have him going seven, but I would agree with you, Brady. Like, I, I'd be fine with them taking him there. Yep. So let's move on to Charles Cross, the offensive tackle. Um, this one's going to be interesting on how high or low we have Charles Cross. Bradley, I want to start with you because I think you're going to be higher than, than most people on this. No, I mean, if this is what I, based on my rankings, I would probably have him going in the top six just because I think he's that good of a player. I think he might slide a little bit on draft day. And I, and I, I think he might and I have him going 16 to the saints. Wow. That's where I have him too. Yeah. Well, I have him at six uh, to the Panthers. So I think that tackles such a premium position. That's going to come very. I, I would love to bet a mile bet on that. The Panthers take a quarterback at six. Weren't you uh, just, I get the field. Weren't you just the other way around where you were saying that they don't, you don't think they're taking a quarterback. No, I said that they better not take Kenny Pickett. <laughs> and I'll, get, I'll, t- I'll I get the field of positions. I mean, I don't know. It's not important anymore. I just feel confident that <laughs> <laughs> doesn't matter. <laughs> I just feel confident that they're taking a quarterback. I don't think it's the right decision, but that's what I feel. Jeremy, did you give yours for Charles Cross? I have Charles Cross going to the second uh, Houston Texans selection. Yeah, 13. That's, that'd be great. That'd be I good. Would love, I would love that for them. Yep. Number eight. You want to talk about a guy that's slipping? Kayvon Thibodeau, KT, Edge from Oregon. Where do you guys have KT going? I got him going five to the Giants. I have KT going 10 to the Jets. I think that would be an incredible draft Man. for them if they went Ike McQuanu and then KT. I picked 10. It'd be fantastic. Yeah. So Brady talked about him slipping. Josh went five. Bradley had him slip to 10. I got him going number two. Yeah. The Lions. <laughs> hey. uh, he, he, he might. He might. He very well could. I, I very well there could was also that. rumors coming out that he was going to fall out the top five, maybe even the top 10. Yeah, well, yeah. It is, it is smoke he's not very season, good. Though. He's he's going top 12. <laughs> he's going to be a knee biter. <laughs> I have KT going to Atlanta at eight. Oh, I like that. Interesting. 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 
their defense has been bad for so long. Atlanta's a team where I don't think there's a one position. If they pick it, I would, I would not be mad because they legitimately need every position, especially tight end. You can make an argument for every single position outside of tight end. Right. Thank you. And kicker. Like a young Hoku. That's true. That's true. Yep. Yep. Very true. Um, Let's move to number Dane's number nine prospect. The best linebacker in this class, Devin Lloyd. I don't appreciate that slander in Kobe Dean. (laughs) Yep. Well, I kept his name in my mouth. So (laughs) (laughs) where do you guys have Devin Lloyd going? It's interesting because it's a similar prospect of like linebacker being not that, you know, quote unquote valuable of a position. So I had 21 to the Patriots. I'm going 18 to the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles and the Patriots were the ones that I was in limbo with, uh, but I just couldn't get over the fact that the Eagles never do it. Uh, so I went with the Patriots. I have him going to the Titans at 26. Wow. Which would be, be such great value. value. Yep. That would I think so too. Be phenomenal value. Yeah, I agree. Um, let's move to Garrett Wilson, the first receiver on Dane Brugler's board. Where do you guys have Garrett Wilson going? I guess, let me start. I'll start this one. I have Garrett Wilson going 11 to the Washington Commanders. I'll go next because that's where I have him as well. Nice. I'm just there. going to pick just the, the pick before that to the Jets. Get Zach Wilson some weapons. Yep. I, I have him going eight to the Falcons. Oh. I think that's good. I think they, they're going like to draft that. receiver. <laughs> I, I don't but know why I audibly said oh like I don't know before him, but I'm gonna get a big O from Josh. <laughs> I don't know, I, I why. know why you audibly said oh because that's a Joshism. It's become very much a Joshism. It wasn't, but then Brady and Bradley, that used to be their yeah. thing, and I just a bear I didn't even adopt it, I just stole it. You stole so. it. Yep, you did. <laughs> it's okay. Let's move on to Jermaine Johnson, the number 11 prospect on Dane Brugler's board. Might have to have a word with Dane just on why. What do you have to brother? Just tell me why. I have Jermaine Johnson as my number three prospect. Goodness. Yeah, we know. You've said that before. And he's going to the Giants, Giants at seven. Okay. I got the Vikings at 12. In. I would be very happy. <laughs> he's coming home. Book it. I mean, where so do you cool. have him going? Uh, I have him going to the Jets at 10. J-E-T. Yep, and I have the Seahawks at 9 taking him. I think he would be really good in Seattle, too. You got to rebuild that. Yep. Yep. Number 12 prospect, Trey McDuffie. So, do you – generally speaking, of you guys hate him. You guys hate him, like comparatively. So how no, I don't okay. don't no, don't, no, say don't do that. <laughs> okay, I don't, I don't how hate soon? Anybody. How soon would you feel comfortable having the Vikings draft him? Like if we <laughs> traded down, like how far? Uh, I would be fine with taking him at twenty. I'm fine with him at twelve. I just don't like the thought of having a small corner. Fair with- enough. Short arms, but yep, he's a good I, player. So I, I had him go into the Patriots at 21. We talked about that. There's very few players that have been all pro with his arm length. Well, one of those people is Stefan Gilmore. 
that's on that list. And guess who coached Stephon Gilmore when he was an all pro was Bill Belichick. So I think if somebody could maximize Trent McDuffie, it'd be the Patriots. I like that. I think it was at 18. I like that too. Okay. I got 14 with the Ravens. Interesting. I think that'd be a good. I think that'd be a it good. It is an fit. interesting fit. I got the Eagles to take him. Nice. Okay. Let's move on to JMO, Jameson Williams, 13th overall prospect. I guess I'll make it simple here. I have the Eagles at their fit with their 15th pick taking Jameson Williams. Oh, I'd love I the would fit love too. that. I would love that so much for them. Um, I had the 13th prospect going 13 to the Texans. Uh, Jameson Williams going to Houston. I decided that Jameson Williams was a big pie guy. Huge so, pie guy. So <laughs> huge. He's going to go 24th to the Dallas Cowboys. They would love that. So here's my Hail Mary. I have this weird feeling. Green Bay at 28. No, I have this weird <laughs> feeling that the Chiefs are, are trading up to get them. Oh, yeah. That'd be sweet. I agree. And they got what, the what would you say the pick? What? What would you say the pick is? Pick like, 12. Oh, man. Would you, so would you guys trade, get 29-30 for pick 12? Would you do that? Yeah. Could probably almost even talk into maybe getting another first next year, too. Three firsts. Uh, maybe. What that's if, almost that's 15 yeah. spots. Yeah. That's, a, that's a lot of capital. Maybe the Texans, maybe the Texans at 13 would could be another spot. Yeah. They're, like yep. they're a team that could use yep. the, the, the extra capital. Agreed. Let's do Derek Stingley Jr. 14th overall prospect. I'm going to the Vikings 12. Me too. As do I. I had 11 with the commanders just, just before the Vikings and got snake bit. It's just going to be so interesting because somebody's going to fall to 12. You just don't know who it is. And in my opinion, Derek Stingley, the hype is real for Derek Stingley, but I think he might, I think he might get to 12 because Washington wants a wide receiver. Mm-hmm. I, I, would I, think the, I think with the edge, the top end edge talent, the top end offensive tackle talent, and then like the one, you know, wide receiver that could get thrown in there, maybe a quarterback, like, I think that's going to push Stingley to, to 12. Yeah. And I'm all in on it. That would be yeah, I'm not complaining. <laughs> yeah. Wide receivers. So uh, Dane's 15th prospect, Drake London, where do you guys have him going? I had London going to the Eagles. I think um, Jalen Hurts is not like the most accurate of quarterbacks. So having a guy that can um, be able to have, you know, contested catch um, radius, I think is super important. And Drake London's all about that. I feel like he'd be really, he'd be really good with Bryce Young or CJ Stroud, wouldn't you guys think? I do, (laughs) I do. Um, Get me going. I also went with the Philadelphia Eagles. It seems like he would complement what Devonta Smith does uh, very well. Do you have him at fifteen or eighteen? I have him at fifteen, and this is what I think is going to happen. This is not what I would do. I I feel pretty fifteen. I feel pretty good about. London being a top 10 pick. I think he goes to the Jets at 10. I would be shocked if the Jets passed him at 10. Yeah, I I mean, I could see that. Yep. What makes Um, you so confident about that? Um, I just – so, Corey Davis, Drake London on the outside. Elijah Moore can play inside or outside, and Drake London likes to play inside as well too. He can't – which is crazy that a 6'4 receiver could play inside like that. Move them all around. 
contested catch. Give Zach Wilson as much as yep. as you can give him for to, to find out what you have in him too. Like, is he your guy or is he not your guy? So, I, I feel pretty good about him being a top ten pick. And plus, you see a lot of these big name mock draft people having Drake London in their top ten. So, here in the whispers, seems like yeah, yep, uh, <laughs> top sixteen player. Trevor Penning, sixteenth <laughs> overall in Dame Brugler's board, the big fella. Bradley, where do you have him going? So I actually have him as the the third offensive tackle taken uh, in this class, oh, predictably. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, this is definitely not what I would do. <laughs> um, but I have him going to the Baltimore Ravens at fourteen. Okay. That's a fit. It is. I a had fit. A, yeah. Physical I had run style. That's his. That's his game. Yes, I am going 19 to the Saints. Sorry for stepping on uh, your comment there, Bradley. No problem. I have what you, Jeremy? I have 19 to the Saints as well. That's Cole Becker. I have him going 17 to the Chargers. That'd be fun. Have him play right tackle. That would okay. not be fun. <laughs> <laughs> Chris Olave, the 17th overall player. Where do you guys have him going? I have this written in the stars for me. I think it's – Chris Olave and the Packers, I think, are going to happen. And I have it going at 22. I don't think he makes it there. I, I have him going 13 to the Texans. 16 to the Saints, but I would take him 22. <laughs> <laughs> I have him going to the Saints as well. Um, I don't know. Him, him and Michael Thomas would be a fun mix together. It'd be, Yeah. Quite opposite really, receivers. Like they would really help Jameis. Well. It would really help Jameis too. A Buckeye yeah. connection too. Buckeyes, yeah. Yep. George Karloftis, the 18th overall player. We got three more left. So where do you guys have Karloftis? It pains me to do this. I have him going to the Bengals at 31. Wow. That would be awesome for them. I think 23 to the Cardinals. How about them boys? Cowboys. Good pie on defense, I heard as well. <laughs> I think he goes to Green Bay at 28. And that's good value. Very I'm, good value. I'd take that at 28 as long as yep. they went wide receiver at 22. <laughs> <laughs> A guy we talked about earlier, Tyler Linderbaum, Dame Brugler's 19th overall player. I am so interested where you guys have this. Where do you guys have Tyler Linderbaum? I, I have Anybody says 20. 12. Hop off. If you say 12, get out. I'm going 27 <laughs> to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I don't share the same opinion about the Garrett Bradbury to Tyler Linderbaum. He anchors so much better than Garrett Bradbury did coming out of the draft class, too. He's not as athletic as Bradbury is. I think he'd be an incredible fit for the Buccaneers. And they just hit on a Iowa offense lineman a couple of years ago at Tristan Wirfs. So I think they go to the well yeah. again. So does he play guard or do you have Jensen move to guard? Uh, he, he would play guard. Linderbaum okay. would play guard. Okay. That's interesting. I have uh, Linderbaum going to 18 with the Eagles. Jeremy? I love Linderbaum. But uh, <laughs> but I don't think the NFL loves him as much as I do. So I'm going to the Bengals, which would be a fantastic fit. It'd be huge. I know Brady has him out of the first round, so just tell us what pick number you have him at, Brady. I have him going to the Giants in the second round. At 204. I just I I think Zion Johnson would probably get picked before him. Bet on the size a little bit more. Um, 
and this I have Linderbaum as a top 20 player for me. I just I think I think like Jeremy said, the league may be a little bit lower on Linderbaum. So so the Vikings take him at 12. We out. <laughs> yep. The last player, probably a guy we haven't talked about a lot, Daxton Hill. Safety from Michigan. Where do you guys have Dax Hill going? Man, so a guy that can do a lot um, in the slot as well as just kind of basically being everywhere on that defense. I had him going 24 to the Cowboys. I have him going 34 to the Detroit Lions, snagging two Michigan players. Did you have two guys going to the Cowboys, Josh? I had <laughs> a Cowboy you? and Bradley had a Cowboy. I don't know. Okay, I thought somebody said piece of the pie. We're good. Okay. Um, I have him going to the Lions at 34. It's a great fit. Two Michigan guys on a very good defense at Michigan. Yep. I, I have him going to Kansas City at 29. That's the place right. I, 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 the yeah. other Michigan guy they got. Oh, Aiden. that's right. Aiden's not going <laughs> to be there. The light bulb to go oh, on. Well, that would be oh, sweet geez, if Aiden I, went there. Yeah, well, That would be sweet if Aiden went there, though. It would be. It would be. You I think they would the- be happy. I think could have said the whole happy. team. They're all in Michigan. You could have said that, Bradley. <laughs> they are, they, I could have. I could have. Dang. Good good call, though. Yeah, very good call. <laughs> Let's finish up with our ones got to go. We're doing a little fun this year, last year, offensive tackle comparison. So we have Penny Sewell, Evan Neal, Ikiakuanu, and Rashawn Slater. Obviously, your, your thoughts change a little bit with the seasons that Sewell and Slater had, but which one of these four has to go? For me, Slater and Sewell got to stay uh, because of what we saw from them their rookie years. I think we saw enough to think that, okay, they're going to have, you know, at minimum good, you know, first, you know, contract uh, in the NFL. So then it brings you down to Iggy and uh, Evan Neal. And I went with Evan Neal to that he's got to go um, with just uh, the It's fine. Um, with the, what kind of what Bradley was saying um, about the versatility and how Iggy can potentially go in. Um, if they have some established tackles on the team that he gets drafted to, um, we kind of see that's fairly popular with highly drafted tackles just to get their feet wet in the NFL. I went with Evan Neal as well. If we were just doing, I know Jeremy did it. He's going to say it. If we were doing solely alone based off like scouting, it would have been Rashawn Slater, like how I had them graded out. But after seeing what Rashawn Slater was, um, his first year at seven, Neil. I'm, Do on, the it. Boat. I'm on the boat at seven, Neil, too. <laughs> mistake. It's an absolute mistake. <laughs> it's such a mistake. Well, let's Icky's hear it, go. Get out of here, Icky. Go home. Why? Why? Go home. <laughs> he's, he's a really good player. Because Evan's better than him. But why? Who's better? Better anchor. Better team. He's, he does, he's oh, been by, that, he's been that the, guy for a long time. By the way, he does, he does not move better. He does. Does not. Do we have 40 times? And that No, that, that doesn't, doesn't mean, mean that. That doesn't mean anything to me. For the, the tackle split, position? You told me that short split does not mean anything to you guys. Watch what my eyes do. Okay. On tape. Sounds good. He, he moves better. We'll be back next year, and we'll have. I can't wait. Evan Neal, Iki Aquanu, and two prospects, and I guarantee it ain't going to be Evan Neal that's got to go. 
You guarantee You heard it here first. If yep. your team needs an offensive tackle, they better sell the farm for Evan Neal because he is a guaranteed lock. Blue chip. And then hire Brady because he knows. <laughs> big facts. We start with big bills first, though. We don't <laughs> – I ain't no assistant, Scott. I'm head, Scott. <laughs> right on top of the ladder. Yep. All right. Well, that wraps up this episode of Fourth and a Mile. Thank you so much for joining us. Go deep, and we'll see you.